I was going to sneeze again. Oh. Oh. Got it out of your system? <laughs> I, I don't know. I really thought I was going to sneeze again. Take I, a sip of that whiskey. That'll be good. I hit record to try to get the sneeze, but then I lost it. So. All right. So the whole point of this is... Is this it? This is we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> is this any different? Professional than, podcast. This is well, no, not at all. That's yes. why we're recording this yes. right now. So hopefully, this sounds fantastic to you guys, right? You guys are like, look at these guys; they know what they're doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, you were incorrect because you're getting ready to listen to remake me, an an abomination of a podcast. Hopefully, just this episode, but probably. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the audio quality is an abomination. The views expressed are fantastic <laughs> yeah, okay. and hilarious. Um, so you're getting ready to do It's Alive. Yeah. Please accept our sincere apologies for the quality of the audio that you're getting ready to listen to. Yeah, we will. Yeah. It's a we long made story. A boo-boo. Yeah, we did. But we're, crea- we're, we're, we're letting you know now. Forgive us. It's going to get better. There's only three episodes that sound like this. We promise. Mm-hmm. We figured out what's going on. But we debated. But do, do listen to this episode because there is at least one great bit in it. Yes, um, not going to tell you where. We got to listen to the whole thing. We, but I guarantee <laughs> you, there's at least one great bit in here. Uh, I wish I knew what you're talking about right now. It doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, it's not going to be like this forever. But we debated about it for a long time, yeah. and we decided where we are not going to be able to reproduce at any point. The conversation that we had that you're going right. to hear. This is a sincere conversation that we had about these films. So, if you want to uh, skip it, you're not going to hurt our feelings. No, but but there is good stuff here, but the audio quality is not great. So, we apologize. That's it. So did I tell you that uh, we officially sent the email to Dwight and told him he's back? I was not aware of that. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you're good with that. I kind of made that decision without you. You know what? You handle the business side of things. I'm just personality. Okay. All right. Well, bring that big this week because we're going to need it after we watched. Uh... Yeah. So we watched It's Alive. Yes. 74, 2008. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen... Uh, the 74 before, first time doing the uh, 2008. So mm-hmm. before I get into anything. I definitely you? seen neither. Well, what did you think about, uh, let's start, we'll just do the 2000, I'm sorry, the 74. 1974. Um, uh, it just seemed, it seemed like a campy horror movie from what I, what little I know about that. Um, didn't seem particularly good, didn't seem particularly bad. It was just kind of, I mean, it was mostly, mostly competent. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's that. Yeah. I, uh, I, there's not, I can't critique it too much. I think that's a pretty accurate statement. I think that, uh, it's absolutely, it's not an essential film. That you need to watch. If you're a completist, I would definitely say it's worth your time. Yeah. It's got its moment. It's fun. It's got a lot of trivia that's cool to know. But uh, if you are closer to Justin as opposed to myself, there's definitely better ways to spend your time. Yeah. 
like doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't think we need the competition, man. We're struggling as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the very first thing I noticed. Uh-huh. All right. So, so real quick, uh, again, there's going to be spoilers associated with this. So if you haven't seen it, go do it or uh, just prepare to be spoiled. Okay. So the very first thing is there, the point of the movie is that there's a, essentially a murderous baby that's born, right? Mm-hmm. The, one of the opening scenes, they're in the hospital, they're getting ready to have this baby. Yeah. And the thing that struck me was how, what is the average age of the dads that are waiting for their kids to be born? 43. 43, <laughs> I computed, and that's probably exactly right. So aren't we as a country getting older also with the average age of when we're having kids? Right. Yeah, because so, I, I think we're not having kids like in our 30s. Yeah, so but, but that's the old right. end of it. So when this movie was made, shouldn't this be people in their mid-20s? Yeah, I mean... Or the, early 20s even? Late teens? The, the main couple did have an 11-year-old, but yes. I don't know about Mr. Poker or... Yeah. But then, one of the, but then one of the detectives later said, like, oh, yeah, I've got an eight-month-old wife at home. Uh, not an eight-month-old wife. That would be, <laughs> that would be very bad. Touche. You know what? Here's a, here, here's a great segue. Here's a great segue. Yeah. We, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I told you Dwight's back, right? Yeah. I told you Dwight's back. So here's what got him back. Okay. Okay. Real early in the show. This is. But it's hot. Right? It is. It is. So. It's hot. He, this is actually an exclusive. Wow. This okay. is a real exclusive. So I, I can I can do it? I can... I, exclusive. Yes. Yes. You can do it. Okay? I, I just did it. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Do it again. Ready? Exclusive. Boom. Brought it home right there. So, that was nice. Every, this part is not exclusive. Okay? So don't give Dwight crap about this. Okay. We all know that. Do you know the movies Jeepers Creepers? Have you heard that movie? I uh, some yeah. I think there's like a scary scarecrow. Am I right? Good. You got something right. going for you I'll there. The that makes sense. That's a thing. So uh, they're coming out with Jeepers Creepers three. It's going to be happening in 2017. You just laughed when. This is I a big deal. Okay. This is important. Okay. And I, I'm not trying to take it away from you. This is your livelihood now, so this should be important to you as well. Okay. Okay. So, um, so blah, blah, blah. We already know. Come on, Dwight. We know that Jeepers Creepers 3 is happening. Here's the thing that is exclusive. He dug in deep to come up with how this movie was financed, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So good job, Dwight, on this. It's really kind of how it came back because I was pretty much on the fence of whether we were going to keep him on the payroll or not. He came back with this, and I granted him a reprieve. Fight hard. So Jeepers Creepers 3 will be the first film financed by NAMBLA. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with NAMBLA? It rings a bell. Okay. Are you a member of NAMBLA? Uh, not that I'm aware. No? I think you would, because NAMBLA is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. Okay, no. Okay, so not a, not a card-carrying member. Not that I'm going to admit Okay, to. so NAMBLA has stated uh, that writer-director Vil, uh, Victor Salva who wrote and directed the first two, is writing directing in the third. Okay, okay. Good to see that going forward. Yeah, so they're financing. It's the first time that they're getting their foot in the door with them, right? Uh, and their uh, statement was is that uh, Salva's the kind of guy want to be we want to be in bed with. Not literally, obviously. Salva's morals are as straight as a hula hoop, and we aren't clowning around. So 
I guess congratulations to Salva for getting endorsed by such a, a wide-ranging, it's a national group. Yeah. Say what well, you want no, about them, but yeah. they're the National Association. Tech, so well, it's North American, so technically international. International, that's true. Right. Yeah, you've got everything going there. So congratulations to uh, NAMBLA, are in order. Yeah. I, I would have to assume that this is an all-ages film. Yeah. I would I'm, assume so. Like, you know, have a little date night. Yeah, a little date night with your eight-month-old wife. Yes. Okay. Which brings us back home to my uh, earlier screw-up. So the, Woo, the Full so, circle. So the the police officer said he had a uh, wife that was eight-month pregnant to home. And this guy was, again, in his mid-40s, right? Right. So that was weird. He did say that they'd been trying and she'd lost the first one. Okay, so they got that But to be more. fair, this was banter between two police officers who are standing over the dead body that they know was killed by an infant, yet they still seem very glib about it. Like, as if, like, this was just, like, Tuesday. Like, oh, yeah, another infant murder. At one, at one point, somebody says something along the lines of, like, I'm not very good at tracking down and killing babies, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Which I thought was fantastic, <laughs> because you're right, it was totally just, just, it was the same thing as, like, well, they were out of creamer at the coffee house today, so not very good at killing babies. Yeah. I, uh, again, so I think a lot of my notes that I made, things that I wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. might sound like they're critiquing it. It's a... It's a fine movie. I don't really have any complaints about it. It's, I would like to bring up a, a good point. Bring it is up, that I, uh, I did not do the research necessary to find out who this person was. But I feel like the, the main character, the one that plays Frank, decent actor. Oh, like he, he did He did a decent job. Yeah, I agree. Especially without jumping a far too head, at least in my opinion. I won't speak for you. But when you compare it to some of the acting in the remake. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah. Okay. So back to 74. Um, the random things made notes about. Number one, how many pinatas do these people have in their basement? At least two. Way too many. And they were like fully constructed. It weren't like it was like pinata halves and like, oh, this was his eighth birthday party. But we're going to keep this. No, just fully constructed pinatas. Like, do they have a side business? I that would be my only assumption. I mean, they, Frank didn't really strike me as a collector. He has many hobbies. They said yes, wine. Maybe Pinata's making is one of his hobbies. Frank does sound the Hispanic name. The, you, that's true. I uh, yeah, I guess I can't knock that at all. Um, one of his hobbies, obviously, impressions. His uh, his old man voice. His old man voice. Yeah, when he just called calling his son Whippersnapper. I, uh, I wrote down that it sounded like Charlton Heston with a brain injury, which I think if you go back and listen, it's pretty apt. You say that, but I call that Charlton Heston. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, tomato, tomato, I guess there. the uh, I did love the opening scene slash scenes at the beginning because you saw a totally different part of Frank where mm-hmm. he's the dad who's trying to keep his 11-year-old comfortable and things as the new baby's coming in, but he's being excited, and it was definitely, he definitely has an arc as you go through the film. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, grabbing the cat, goofing around, trying to wake up his son, you know, hey, good news, you know, you're going to, the baby is coming the way. Yeah, you know, your mom gonna... is great at making babies once every 11 years. Yes. Great joke. Great dad joke. And... 
great writing because it just told us exactly how old he is. It mm-hmm. said, yes, this is these people's son. It set their relationships forth from the very beginning. Right. That brings up not great at setting forth who the relationship was. Who the heck was Charlie? Brother, friend. I mean, obviously someone that they were comfortable handing a child off to for days, weeks. Okay, so there's multiple things that are coming up right now. Number one, regardless of who Charlie is, it's not really relevant to the story. I don't think that's a plot hole that's not negative on the writing. But if you were Charlie, aren't you at the very least, like there's bad things going on, but aren't you at very least annoyed that you still have this kid? Like you signed up for a day, maybe two, (laughs) while you get out of the hospital, and then you were going on fishing trips. You were running around town in the middle of the night, you're going ahead and getting murdered. Yeah. To I'm, inconvenience yourself for this kid. An incredibly polite kid. So maybe he was just a, a pleasure to be around. He might have taught Charlie a thing or two. Yeah, we don't we don't see Chris a whole lot in the movie, but when we do, that is that is the world's most polite child. Oh yeah, he definitely uh, he snapped at Charlie at one point. Yeah, not he didn't even snap. He he just like got a little gruff. Yeah, he just, like, said something maybe slightly off-kilter and was like, you know what, that wasn't on you, that was on me, I apologize. Like... It's the most polite 11-year-old. Yes. I have arguments that last my the weekend for my wife and I <laughs> over nonsense, but I still keep it going because I'm a child. Yes. Uh, if we could all be a little bit more like Chris. Yeah. Mm. The world would be a much better place. It really would. Um, the other thing that you brought up, that I have so many questions about. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't know if he was with, if Chris was with Charlie for days, weeks, months. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, know. it wasn't years, but I have no context for what any time frame was at all in this movie. Yeah, I like. There's even scenes. So the scene towards the the, the last act of the film. Mm-hmm. Frank gets milk. He sees that there's full food. And then seemingly, like, the next shot, like, he rocks to another room, and then he comes back, and the milk's gone. Yeah. And at first, I was like, oh, does somebody just come and dump the milk? But no, this is hours later, and the whole point yeah. is that the babies ate and drank all the or I'm sorry, drank all the milk, ate all the food. Right. But as I'm watching it, it feels like it just happened. Like, I feel like he made a loop through the house and came back to the fridge. Right. There's a There are a lot of, it's a lot of weird, I don't know if it's just plain editing or if it was in the the story, there's a lot of scenes that just, they feel like they start going and then they just cut to next scene. Uh, uh, and they continue the previous scene. Sometimes, but I, there was a, there's a particular scene that I really was starting to enjoy where uh, it's, it's just Frank and Lenore. And it's the first time they've kind of introduced Lenore as a character because She's, it's all Frank for two-thirds of the movie. And then, like, Lenore starts starts asking questions and everything, and then they just cut. And then, like, the next time we see her, like, five, ten minutes later, she's crazy and harboring the baby and everything. So, like, she, did, she didn't get an arc. She didn't get... I didn't feel like she got her due at all. No, she definitely went from I'm all... I'm completely with it. I'm completely involved in covering up this killer baby. Yeah. Um, 
I'm with you totally on that. The story. This is definitely Frank's story. Yes. 100%. So I think I think that would be the argument that you would get from the writer director Larry Cohen is I don't care about her. This is Frank's story about becoming a father and dealing with that. Right. But at the same time, she's a character that's integral to the plot. You you want her to. I mean, obviously, there's you, there's always the fallback of uh, she's a mother. This is her child. You know, there's that, but she you, she didn't seem very motherly toward the killer murder baby until like the very end. It's just like, oh, we're just supposed to accept this. So on the note of we should just accept it, and she was in. So if you're in 1974, do you think the consensus would be we need to kill this thing? Because it seemed like everyone was on board with we need to kill this. Without question, it's a human. Whether or not it's mutated, whether it's deformed, uh, they used the word retarded at one point. Yes. Regardless of any of those things, it's a human in 74, would everybody really just agree to kill it? Or is this a liberty we're giving to the movie? I'm not even critiquing it. This is a genuine yeah. question I'm trying to figure out. I th I think the movie tries to immediately take that away from us because so uh, the, she has the baby and then boom, everybody in the room is dead. Uh, and the police come to investigate. They realize it had to have been the baby. Somehow they've determined this because of the size of the hole in the skylight. So they're all on board. The baby murdered all these doctors and nurses. And then... They make the analogy to an animal. We would put down an animal, so we have to put this down. Right. And, and Frank is the one who actually says that this thing isn't human. Uh, and Are we as the audience supposed to go along with that, or are we supposed to be disagreeing? So that's what I'm trying to figure out is... We're watching this 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Are we watching it through that 30 years later eyes? It, it, was everybody sitting in the theaters in 1974 wringing their hands for blood from this baby? So not to, to jump ahead, but one thing the 2008 film does is we see a normal baby. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a normal baby looking thing for most of the movie. For the 74 version, we don't see it. For most of the, of at least the first half of the movie, but when we do, it's always a mutant baby. So from the giggos, it was always scary creature, monster thing. So I think I think that plays into it. Okay, I would buy that. But even then, mm -hmm. you see a scary monster creature baby that came from a human being that attacked human beings. Is their immediate reaction really to kill it? In 1974, if this really happened, would people react that way? I can't believe they would. Or is that a liberty that we're supposed to be giving to the film? I mean, I guess it's a, it's a liberty. I, don't, I can't really say what I would do with a weird demon baby. Uh, because... you got to prepare yourself, man. You're a young guy. You still don't have kids. What if one pops out and it's, it's a live baby? That, you know what? At least I would know what it's mine. I wouldn't have to feel that that pain of oh, this child is Asian and I am not Asian. Oh, I would love it for an Asian baby. My wife and I discuss that lots. 
I think it might have been her, like, trying to figure out, like, prepare me for the fact that it's Asian. But there is no cuter baby than an Asian baby, man. That's true. There really isn't. The, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, so pretty rough, rough uh, for, for old Russ here. Mm-hmm. When uh, my wife and I, we decided we were going to have a baby. Okay? So yeah. we were like, uh, let's make a baby. All right, let's make a baby. So we attempted to make a baby. Pretty much did you do? Pretty much immediately after attempting to conceive said child, we were like, this is a huge mistake. We are not ready. We've been married for six months or whatever. We should probably wait. Mm-hmm. All right? We're both in agreement. A few months later, I get the news from her. Guess what? Try number one took. So pretty upset about the fact that uh, didn't get the opportunity to get uh, tired of it. You hear those You hear those stories about like, well, got to knock out number four today. Got to keep trying. Well, luckily for me, I dodged that bullet. But that, that doesn't make you feel good? Like, oh, my swimmers are strong, like uh, a man. Let me finish my story. Okay. So, come baby number two, we decide, hey, uh, we're going to, let's do baby number two. We're ready. So we had time for baby number two. Mm-hmm. Change our minds immediately. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep going, guessing where the story goes. Um, well, you have two kids. I do have two kids. So two attempts, two for two. I officially did not get the opportunity to get sick of anything. So, uh, ladies, if we meet at a convention or what have you, uh, I'll probably just wave because I don't want to do any shaking hands or anything because I can barely keep my, uh, my two kids alive. So not trying to implant, uh, the deoxyribonucleic acid on anybody else. Good. Yeah. You, you screw over the word house, but you got deoxyribonucleic <laughs> acid down. Good job. When did I script the word house? I don't know. I was just trying to pull a dumb word. No, okay, because I could see myself doing that. I totally bought that. Thanks for making me explain the joke. That's okay. Good. That's okay. I really, it would have been better if I'd had, because yeah. I'm sure that I did. I'm sure that I did. Um, the, good. Oh, um, I speaking of the scenes, I felt like the editing was really weird in the movie. Maybe I, I, I'm not going to excuse it because it's you know 40 years old or anything, but uh, like he attacked a milkman, which by the way, apparently they still had milkmen in 1974. That blows my mind. Yeah, like that, yeah, it was that recent. My mom was born in 1962, so she had at least 12 years of milkmans, I guess. Yes, I said milkmans. I did that on purpose. Anyway, there's a weird... He kills He kills the milkman, and, you know, it's bottles of milk shattering. And there's one part where it's... I think it's the exact same shot played twice in a row. And it's, it seems like it's supposed to be two different bottles shattering, but it's like the same exact shot. And yeah. it was like, I, I wrote that down because it was so jarring to me as a, as a film watcher. I can see that. I was trying to figure out if the man is throwing bottles as he's getting murdered. Yeah, because they were, they were just flying out. It was weird. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, the... Uh, the other thing that I that I realized as I was watching it, so they, they were in a school at one point. Mm-hmm. And they're in the school, and I'm seeing the signs, like they're going over the alphabet. Yeah. They're doing uh, some minor reading. And this is an elementary school. He says he's in sixth grade. 
they never made the point that they were in any of his classes or anything, but uh, another thing that you should brace yourself as uh, when you have kids is uh-huh. my son is in second grade right now, mm-hmm. and he is, I should have prefaced this better. Let me ask you a question. Okay. When did we work on prepositional phrases? What grade? Um, I, I, I don't know. Probably uh, first or second. No. Prepositional phrases? That was like fourth or fifth grade, man. Okay. So this would have been way better had you agreed with me. Okay. Pretend that I did. So fourth or fifth grade is what I feel like we were doing prepositional phrases. And okay. he's in second grade and he's doing prepositional phrases. I'm trying to recall exactly what a prepositional phrase is. So, the, uh, in this movie would be a prepositional phrase. Okay. All right? So it prepares you for the rest of the sentence. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that there's a million rules where there's English teachers screaming right now at, their, at their listening device. Uh, I, I want to be a writer. Stupidity. I should, should I go wake up my two, my second grader? Yeah, come have him come down and, and explain, explain to us. Yep. So my point is actually reaffirming what you're saying right now. You're reaffirming what I'm saying is there's a distinct notion that the amount of homework and things that I'm going to be able to help my son with are going to max out fairly quickly here. If he's in second grade and doing prepositional phrases and fractions, I know fractions were like fifth or sixth grade. No. Yes. No. Fractions were like third or fourth grade. I'm I'm pretty sure. In second grade, we were still bringing home like the half sheets of paper with single words listed on them and short sentences. I mean, I never brought those home. I did them as they were still passing them out. Okay. But you get where I'm going with this. Yeah. So, point being, I'm going to be screwed here by about seventh or eighth grade probably. It's probably. going to be maxing out and I'm not going to be able to help this kid at all. Yeah. Really not looking forward to that. Up Good until job. now, I've been able to fake my way through his homework. That's that's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you admitted that. That's what I knew. So, uh, the 74 version. Mm-hmm. I think we both can agree. Adequate film? Most Mostly competent. Some yeah. weird definitely- writing and or editing decisions, but... I guess it worked. So the, uh, the IMDb trivia for this said he was making this movie and another movie simultaneously. That strangely makes sense. That answers some things in my brain. So I guess the way it looked, and this is strictly by like reading that little blurb on IMDb, mm-hmm. is he was making another film on the weekend. So what I'm envisioning is he got this film financed, he's doing this film, and he's like, well, I've got this equipment, I've got this crew, let's double dip, let's make another film on the weekends. Yeah. Which is pretty badass, really, to be yeah. honest. So, um, kudos to him. I didn't see the other film, but uh, if he can pull off two competent, adequate films simultaneously, that's more than uh, the next film that we're going to talk about, at least in my opinion, was able to pull off what I assume yeah. is doing one at a time. Yeah. Um, the uh, So, watching the, the It's Alive, the original, mm-hmm. 74, I realized, like I said, I'd only seen it once. I'm pretty confident that I combined all three movies into one like awesome movie in my head mm-hmm. because as they go on, they get like incredibly bonkers. <laughs> so like not ruining anything for you, but to totally ruin it for you. Like from what I can recall from it's alive three, 
Which I, the poster I loved for that. It's the same poster as one, except it's it's been superimposed onto a beach, and there's a baby on board sign on there. Other than that, it's the exact same poster, and I love it. So, number three opens in a courtroom where they're having a hearing regarding the rights that the what they call the alive now have because there's a whole group of them that they've pushed onto an island that are kind of an adult group of alive children which we kind of the end of the end of the movie says another one was just born in seattle so which is a great ending yeah it definitely preps for a sequel yeah um so in my head i've combined those all into this one thing Mm -hmm. whereas number one Definitely takes its time telling the story. Yeah. There's not a lot that happens that we skipped. There, there's a that. lot of shots where I'm just like, okay, why why are we still here? Like, a lot of shots on the L.A. River were very just officers moving into position. And they get into position, and we're still watching them stand there and okay now we cut i think we could somebody could definitely make that super cut of those first three movies and make an awesome hour and a half movie yeah that's our challenge yeah let's see that happen let me see that super cut of all the it's alives condensed to a 90 minute awesome movie right like uh topher grace did with the star wars prequels apparently i haven't seen it i don't know anything about that i don't know what a topher grace is and what is this star wars you speak of it's the t-shirt that I'm wearing. Oh, you didn't bring up your t-shirt last week? I didn't. This is going to be only able to last for like one more episode, and then you're going to be recycling shirts, by I the just, way. I just got a new t-shirt in the mail yesterday, and I'm excited. I'm excited to wear it. Well, um, everybody's on pins and needles. Don't, don't. Right. Don't give it up. Um, so we had talked about uh, uh, challenges. We were challenging the listeners mm-hmm. to try to come up with that. Let me share with you a challenge that I had. So I haven't had you listen to this. Everybody's already f- always familiar, already familiar with the uh, the song, the music that we have to introduce and to exit the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's pretty perfect. We can't complain about it at all. Yeah, it's a great job. But it wasn't always that way. It took a little bit of time, took a little bit of energy to get there. Definitely. So yes. I want to share with you one of the pieces that I had commissioned. Thought was, hey, we're we try to have a good time, try mm-hmm. to laugh. Our listeners probably don't because it's not that funny, but we try to do it. Yeah. So let's try to do something a little fun, a little goofy. So why don't we have a rap? Yeah, I've and, heard, and I've heard this is so good that he wouldn't even let me hear it. Like, that's how perfect Yeah, this is, is the first time you're hearing this, right? Yes. So we're going to uh, be taking, uh, kicking Tom off. It's going to be replaced with this, all right? Sounds great. So... Uh, yeah, that was the idea. So the way that I did this, uh, so I commissioned him to do it. Uh, he asked for some information. He said, give me a quick, like, four-line description of what you're wanting to do. And, uh, yeah, so here, here it is. Here's what I'm going to let you listen to. You ready? I'm so ready. If you be coming right here, you know the you in tune with them horror movie dudes. Yeah, they about to prove, prove you are. This is how we gone. Yeah, we holding it down with remakes, sequels, and prequels, and double bills. That's how we do it now. Russ 
Sulato horror, he's your host when it comes to the most. When you wanna toast to the horror, it's just Ren does not. He gets scared very easily. Sick, but it's okay. Cause these are the dudes that you in tune with when it comes to horror movies. They hold it down. Case you didn't know, now you know now. Yeah. So before you say anything, I need to apologize to our audience that I've kept that from them for so long that I did not let that make its way into the opening of every episode of Remake Me. I apologize deeply. Justin, what did you think? Are you going to hold this against me that that isn't the intro to our podcast? I can't believe that only costs $5. It, uh, it is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's that is so amazing. Uh, he worked both of our names in there. And so the reason that he worked both of our names in there is because I told you that he asked for four lines of information. Uh-huh. He basically just sung the four lines of information <laughs> that I gave him. So I put I put in there it's a podcast about about remakes, sequels, prequels, and double bills. So he sung that. And then I said Russell is a co-host. He likes horror movies. Justin doesn't. He gets scared very easily. And he quote-unquote rapped. By the way, I think he called you Jusrin. <laughs> he said Jusrin instead of Justin. Gets very scared very easily. Which, to be fair, misspeakings are par for the course on this. That's, that's true, actually. <laughs> so it fits in perfectly. I don't know why this isn't our intro. <laughs> but... This was so bad. I, I couldn't. Not, I couldn't just bury this. This had to make its way in there somehow. That he, I almost want to keep buying things from him just to see if he just types anything that I say. Like if he, I want to have him wrap the Nambla announcement that Renfield got for us earlier. That sounds like, great. I think that might be worth five dollars to yeah. have him wrap about Nambla. Wrap a press release. That sounds incredible to me. Sounds fantastic. Maybe we'll make that happen. So stay tuned. So hopefully we're still talking. Are we still going to keep moving? You're not going to hold that against me that we didn't that we didn't roll with that. You know what? I'm hurt personally, but this podcast is all about business. Okay, so right. I believe I can get past. So it. you understand. All right. Yes. Dwight Dwight was able to move past it. He he was good. He understood his his probationary period and his suspension, but we're good now. So he brought it home with that Nambla announcement. It's business. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, Being a, a damn professional. Yeah. I mean, and when you're making the kind of money we are off this, yeah. it's kind of hard not to look past those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Alive 2008. Um, so that, the first thing. That was an hour and 23 minutes. That was, which is a great news because it was short. Yes. That's a short film. Yes. So the first thing, I'm pretty confident that I know the answer to this, but it's important to me to iron it out. So Larry Cohen. Mm-hmm. Wrote, directed, and produced the first, the original film. Okay, uh, I yes. So, I, and I, I think we've both kind of agreed that's fine. Yeah, he did a fine job. Okay, mostly competent. Yes, he's also one of the credited writers on the remake. Now, yeah, there are three writers, and this is important. It's Larry Cohen and so and so and 
so-and-so. Are they ampersands or the word and? They are the word and, which if I'm correct, that means they essentially wrote them independently, Mm -hmm. each person following the other and rewriting it. If it's the ampersand and, that means they co-wrote it. Am I correct in that? Uh, Yes, that means they, I'm pretty sure that means they wrote it together, but the order in which they're Listed does not necessarily mean that that was the order in which it was handed. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions. It means, um, Larry, they, that the guild has determined that Larry Cohen, if he's the first listed, wrote the majority of it, and then so on and so on. Okay. Um, and again, solely basing this on a uh, blurb from IMDb, what did you mm-hmm. have to say that Larry Cohen said about this? Um, put me on the spot here. i got to find the... IMDb page now. Okay. I can stall in the meantime. So I'll real quick while you're pulling that up, I'll tell you uh, that I did have, uh, this isn't anything fancy. This isn't anything insider. I'm as far outside of it as you can get. But just during a, a convention, got the chance to meet Larry Cohen. Um, this will kind of come together for you, Justin, because I'm sure you don't know. But Larry Cohen also wrote all of the Maniac Cop films, which listeners won't necessarily know, but you will. Mm-hmm. I've heard of those. Uh, you have, because... Uh, There's a very specific reason I've heard of those. Uh, and his name is Russell. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the reason that you've heard of those. Am I correct? That is, well, that And it's all over your damn walls. It is. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan of the Maniac Cop series. He also wrote and directed The Stuff. Uh, you would know him from... He wrote uh, Phone Booth. Oh, I've seen that movie. He wrote, he wrote Phone Booth. He I think wrote, I saw that movie with you. Maybe. He wrote... Uh, I believe he wrote Cellular. He wrote uh, Captivity recently. He's uh, a big, big name. He's written a ton of things, um, directed a lot of great things, um, but had a great experience with him. We met him. We bought, uh, my wife and I got a bunch of items from him. Uh, he, uh, he saw that we were big fans, and he gave us a, a, a autographed uh, photo of uh, the baby from It's Alive mm-hmm. that, uh, that you can see hanging Proudly out. displayed on your wall? Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's kind of a cool little uh, little thing that I've got yeah. with him that I'm sure he'll never remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Definitely but it, but it's cool for me. Yeah. So what did he have to say about the the remake? He said of the 2008 remake, I would advise anybody who likes my film, meaning the 1978 1974 version, I would advise anyone who likes my film to cross the street and avoid seeing the new enchilada. So I think that's old person talk for saying I don't like the remake. Uh, it's definitely not coded. It's definitely pretty clear. Uh, the word enchilada is what threw me off there. I've definitely heard of the whole enchilada, but referencing a new enchilada, I'm not aware of that. He may just be a Deadpool fan. Deadpool really likes enchiladas. That's a comic book character. I got the comic book character. I don't okay. have to reference other than enchiladas. Recently, I went to a Mexican restaurant with my wife. Mm-hmm. I'd always wanted to do this, so I so only ordered from the a la carte menu, and I ordered an enchilada, uh-huh. a burrito, okay, a taco, yes, and I believe a chimichanga, okay, all beef, uh-huh. and it just showed up as a plate of shit. On, there's no discernible difference between any of those things. Okay. There's a burrito, right? Are you just going to list the things that I just listed to you yes. because that's not going to help? And then if you wrap that burrito up and you deep fry it, that's a chimichanga. I saw no such change here. If you do not, if you just take the regular burrito and you dump a bunch of sauce and shit on it, that's an enchilada. There was sauce everywhere. 
And if you take that burrito and you shrink it, then that's a taco. But yes, they are all basically the same thing. It was it was simultaneously the happiest moment of it. Like I felt <laughs> like I cracked the code. I was like, see, there's nothing different about these. And simultaneously, I was like, I can only eat two of these at most. <laughs> now I have this nasty leftovers because you can't microwave no, this. No, because it's just one big pool of tortilla and beef. Yeah, and it, was not discern- it was not discernible at all. So I just wanted to let you know, Mexico, I'm on to you. Yeah. Actually, I take that back because I'm scared of the cartel. So continue, please, making your food that is all different from one another and not the same in the slightest. Because the cartel makes all the Mexican food. Mm, I believe we've established that. It's, or yeah. you might just be being racist right now. I'm not sure. I don't think it's being racist to say that the cartel is mean and scary. <laughs> is that racist? I can't imagine it is. Uh, as As a white male, I can say... No, that it's not racist. Oh, okay, good. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so, right from the start on this one, the production logos, top notch. Just <laughs> they were the, the the worst. The the main the production company, the one that gets the main credit, uh, an Anicus or Amicus, Amicus, AM. Amicus. Just the worst logo. It looked like like rock, the Rocky Horror Picture Show lips somehow became letters and it was real shiny and terrible and it looked like it was done by a 12 year old you're a thousand percent right on that but another tangent because we haven't had enough no i know a girl who recently got a tattoo of lips she wanted lips tattooed on her Mm -hmm. like on her on her hip on her thigh bone some hip lips yeah so that's great that's kind of sexy right there's no problem with that well she went to the artist. The artist is a great artist. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. The artist made the most realistic looking lips you've ever seen because the idea would be that it was supposed to be a kiss, right? So it's a lipstick kiss as opposed okay. to lips. That's not what this is. This is lips that are so realistic that she looks like she has lips growing off the side of her hip. It is disturbing. She looks like the, she has actual hip lips. She looks like she has actual hip lips. It is. It's incredibly, like, there's reflection where you can see where they've used white to accentuate it so that it looks like uh, it's shiny, like the mm-hmm. lips are shiny. So instead of lipstick kiss, she got lipstick she covered got lips. lips. Yes, she got lips instead of a lipstick mark. It is incredibly disturbing and not nearly as sensual as you would think. It sounds like great artistry. I suppose so, but uh, definitely not what she was going for in the slightest. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that was that was my point. That the the logos were real bad and really were. We should have known from from that exactly what we were getting into. Um. So usually, I don't know if this is a fetish necessarily, but I'm kind of into chicks with super annoying voice, like what I would like in casual conversation, consider annoying. Okay. Um, this doesn't mean anything to you, but Sherry Moon Zombie. Okay. So her, Fran Drescher. Okay, I know Fran Drescher. That's a super hot voice. No, okay? it is not. It definitely is. Um, uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly. Right? I, I do like Jennifer Tilly. So her voice, like all of those. That being said... The girl's voice in this 
super annoying, but it is not in any type of, of an attractive way. It is just, I couldn't figure out for the longest time if she was doing like a cutesy voice or if that's actually the way she talked or what was happening. She, she was doing both. But not always, not always in the right context. Like I felt like she put on like a cute couple affectation baby voice. But she did that half the time when she was talking about mundane things. Yeah, she if just, that's the she argument just for, that you're making. She just forgot to turn it off sometimes, or she forgot to turn it on other times. I don't know. The all all the voicing in this movie just terrible. It's, it had to have been all ADR. That's what it seems like. And then you were digging into it and found out the majority of everybody is English. Basically everyone except Bijou Phillips is, is British. And uh, the, the police officer, who is a sergeant in this movie, even though he was lieutenant in the old one, so I don't know if that's an upgrade or downgrade. I don't really know how that works. But uh, if it was oh, good on you if it was. Uh, he's in Game of Thrones, which I enjoy. This did not sound anything like him. Like, he had an American accent versus his uh, British accent. But even then, like, it didn't even sound like his voice at all. I'm pretty sure a whole different actor read his entire piece. The, the entirety was, of his line. It, was, it wasn't even just him. Like, it was distracting the no. majority of the time that... Nothing seemed, it seemed emotionless. Yes. It seemed like they were talking to a, into a mic. Yes, you could hear things like this where I'm right onto a mic. Like, but that's how, that was the quality of it a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and, and part of this is we're going through, so I guess to summarize for me, the remake was garbage. Just absolutely. Um. Part of this may be me, me trying to be an apologist for Larry Cohen because I do have an affinity for him mm-hmm. and his work. But I felt like, especially the first half of the movie, didn't necessarily feel like it was a bad written movie. It just felt like it was terrible filmmaking. I mean, there was a shot where we saw the uh, boom mic in a reflection. Yeah. Um, the doctors in the hospital were the worst actors by far. I have uh, on on my list Doctor Hands on Hips because he after every after every character would leave the scene and he was the only one standing there. He would put his hands on his hips. Isn't that every the, time? Isn't that the joke like about uh, being a new person on cameras? You don't know what to do with your hands. Yeah, and uh, that was definitely not a professional <laughs> actor in the slightest because he was pretty bad. Um, the the remake trying to give it its positives. I thought that uh, they figured out a clever way to work Chris into it because they made a younger couple. I think this was a more believable couple to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was smart to have it a much smaller movie because there's no way when this movie was made that everybody would be on board with trying to kill it. Yes. So they made it much smaller, and they reduced it. Good. No, no one, no, no one knows that it's a murder baby except for Lenore. Exactly. And then, which uh, is totally well, believable that the mother would be willing right. to cover it up and trying to keep it everything good for her baby. Right. Chris suspects it, but Frank, the husband, boyfriend, the father, totally has no idea until the very end, where he's like, "Oh, I guess my baby is murdering things, so I'm going to kill it." Yeah, which I think is is a. In theory, that's a fine characterization for, 
for people to have, that's a fine way for them to take it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you agree with it, it doesn't matter because that's what that character does. So I thought that was good. But th- the way that the film was made, so many things seemed terrible. And, and right. especially the fact that Cohen has said, like, this is garbage, makes me feel like he would agree. And then I'm going through, and I'm probably just picking out whatever I like and I'm attributing to him, which might not be fair at all. It probably isn't fair. But there were moments, I mean, there was a moment, the very beginning of the film, I don't even think the baby was born yet. And they pulled a blanket off of, yes. the, out of the bassinet. And it's, there was it's spooky the same music. Ba- yeah, it's, it's, it's like a spooky music scene. It's the same bassinet from the the poster. Yes. It's like that old-timey pram yes. style. Uh, yeah, he just takes plastic off of it and just like creepy music sting. Yeah, and there's a bear underneath of it. Yeah. The baby isn't bear. born yet. Yeah. So I feel like it's so easy for me to say, having spent an hour and 23 minutes with this movie, and anyone who involved making it knows way more details of what happened, the hell that they went through, the problems that they had. But it seems way more like this is bad filmmaking as opposed to bad writing for the most part. There were a lot of things that were wrong with it, but as I'm watching it, I can as I if you envision this as a story as you're reading it, a lot of it feels like it's better than the way that it turned out on the film. Um, I mostly agree. I definitely have some problems with the writing. Um, that wasn't Larry Cohen. That, yeah, that part. Whatever you're going to say, <laughs> that wasn't Larry Cohen. I, I suspect he's credited mostly because they kept all the characters. First off, why are all the characters named the same? For the most part, even though they have different roles, it's a completely different story. But yet they're Frank, Lenore, Chris, and Perkins. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, I mean, it's it's a way for them to take what they can include it in the new, so that it is. I mean, th- that's the thing. I don't. This is a remake. I'm sorry. This is a podcast where we predominantly focus on remakes. Have we even talked about remakes? I don't think Perhaps we really so. have. I, I just what our thoughts are on them. I don't, I don't think we took the time to do that. So th- I think so many people are going to get – nobody's going to be happy when you remake, it, remake anything. I'm not saying it's it's not it's not a difficult job, but that seems weird that, like, all you take are, like, the names and the fact that it's a mutant baby. Like, everything else is different. The – the movie doesn't care about Frank. It's all about Lenore. Um, nobody knows that the the baby is a murder baby until the very, very end. Uh, you know, Chris has a completely different role and all this stuff. Like, everything is completely different except for the names. I find, I don't know, I find that a little weird. Okay. So, where I was going with that was... Somebody's going to complain it's too much like the original. The other yeah. people are going to say it's too different. Mm-hmm. So no matter what combination you choose, right? So if, if you look at it like a recipe, mm-hmm. okay, the original is the recipe, and you have to pick and choose which pieces of that recipe you use, which you tweak and you use in different volumes, and which you um, disregard what new pieces you add somebody's always going to complain that there's not enough of something, there's too much of something else. So what I try to do, and the reason that I enjoy watching these, is because I feel like it's watching something be interpreted through somebody else, right? So you're given the same blank page, and what do they end up doing with it? So I'm not going to spend too much time critiquing the film on the, what they 
don't do with the remake. I tend to focus more on what they do take from the original and how they tweak it. So the biggest thing for me, and I already mentioned it was, this is a much smaller film, which I think was the smartest thing that they can do because there's no way that we would have thought that everybody would have been on board with killing the baby. Yeah, I I mean, I can see that. Um, Back to the the point that I was going to make, I I do have um, some issues with the writing. Uh, First off, I felt like the the story was very confusing because there are so many things in the beginning, like um, there are shots when she gets done uh, breast pumping and then there's blood in the milk. And, you know, previous to that, um, the baby had bit down on her breast and she was bleeding. And then she let him continue to suckle on that same breast. So I thought it was going like, or to me, the filmmaker was trying to lead down the path that maybe it's the blood that's mutating the baby. And then, and then uh, she starts seeing through the baby's eyes and having its memories, which was weird and then never explained. Yeah. I, I don't have an explanation for that. That simply was not good. And then it turns out that, oh, she tried to have an abortion, and that's probably why it well, happened. And also, at one point, they she had a flashback of things telling us why she was upset. But we already saw all these things. We didn't need to be reminded of these things. Right. That seemed bizarre to me in a whole lot of ways. Um, they let the paraplegic kid swim by himself. I could yeah. not get over that. Like that is granted. It's not actually his kid, but that seems like bad supervision is to let a paraplegic kid swim by himself. Yeah. I don't know. The pool to me. Oh yeah. You called that and you were way wrong. Yeah. They kept focusing on it. It was that it was like Chris is in the pool for a bit. The pool is in like, it's like they kept doing that using a shot from behind the pool. The pool was always in the shot even though it's off to the side and wouldn't necessarily be in the action. So I was like, I called it halfway through. That baby is dying in that pool. That totally did not happen. No, it didn't. But to not be even fair, close. you can't put a lot of logic or reason into this. So It was Chekhov's pool, this, and I was wrong. This is, uh, so at one point, the woman gets into a car mm-hmm. filled with the blood of a victim. A cop, yeah. mind you. A, a psychologist. That oh, I'm sorry. That, that, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. So the psychologist, okay? It's just got his blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she not only gets in completely clothed in her regular clothes, but then proceeds to use the sleeve of her shirt to wipe blood off so she can drive away. Yeah. Presumably to drive into the lake. Yes. But we don't She's, get to see any of that. She still has all of this and, and I just uh-huh. put this I just put this together so that you said we don't get to see it and I would say because that would be too expensive to actually get rid of a vehicle yeah but then that made me realize at the same time for a psychologist wasn't he driving a really shitty car just a real shitty car and then, then she opens the door and the alarm goes off and I put down on my notes there's zero chance that car has an alarm no and I just as a as you brought it's because they didn't want to afford to break the window and mm-hmm. to bloody up a car that costs more than $400. Yeah. 
That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I just put all that together yeah. right here on air. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, where are we on that one, Dwight? Yeah. Just break that. Try to keep up. I don't know why I'm going back after him. We're back on we're on speaking terms again, so I don't know why I'm going back after him. I don't know. That's not really fair. I'm sorry, Dwight. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda of sorry. Yeah. So the uh, the the other thing that I kept thinking as I was watching this, so this was made I'm sorry, released. It's important that I use that word for my next point. Two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like it was filmed and made way earlier than that to you? This had like a distinct like early 2000s vibe. Yeah. I don't know if it was just the ADR or the sound quality or what, but I would not be shocked at all if this was like filmed way earlier and then went through a bunch of posts or something and didn't get released and, and got held up or something because it just did not feel like it was that recent. I mean, yeah, we're pushing a decade from then, but it really seemed like it was longer ago than that. Yeah. I'm, and the, I don't know, maybe it was because it doesn't, didn't seem all that high budget or whatever, but the CGI baby hand definitely. The CGI baby hand definitely looked worse than the CGI baby itself. Yeah. If they would have got rid of the hand, I think it would have been better all around, but I think they, the whole point they needed to start, putting out those little tidbits or something ahead of time, but that was a pretty rough hand. I think that the baby hand in 74 looked better than the digital one. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the animatronic slash rubber suit that they used for the 74 was, was much better. And they did a good job of not showing too much though. You know, I, that was one of the things I did think is, they do kind of build up showing very little and the going back to the 74, they show very little, they show very little, and then you kind of see the full thing and then they go back to showing very little again. Yeah. Less is more. And, and right. But you want to build up to the, like the full thing. Yeah. It, to me, it felt weird that they were going back to not showing much. Oh, I get what you're saying. And it, 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 it was like, Oh, well they uh, showed the full thing, but now, you know, they didn't have one that could do what they wanted it to do in this scene. I don't know, but yeah. it was still no, 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 it was no, still I'm better. You. I'm with you. Yeah, we can. I guess we'll we'll do the voting right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, original. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know that I would I would watch either of these movies, but the original was was obviously much better. Original was definitely better. Uh, if you are into this, you haven't seen it's alive. Definitely do it. If you're a casual fan, if you're on the Justin side of things as opposed to the Russ side of things. There's there's other ways to spend your time as a priority. That being said, It's Alive 3 looks kind of amazing, and I kind of want to see it. I can't tell you how much I want to watch the other two now, because, again, I've pushed those on in my head. But maybe we should wait for a little bit and see if uh, any of our listeners come through on that supercut that we talked about. That's true. That's that's really what I want to see. Okay. Um, want to know what you're in for for next week? Uh, lay it on me. All right. So next week... Uh, this was actually brought up during uh, our quiz. This is the famous werewolf movie. Yes. Of? Pierce Brosnan's The Lawnmower Man. I guess it's not. He's just in it. Yeah, he is in it. It will blow your mind. So what do you think you're going to be in for a Lawnmower Man? I already spoiled it a little bit when I said werewolves. Yes. Um, there are some houses and a man mowing a lawn. So... 
that's that's in the title right there. And then there's like a that weird ride that they had at malls in the nineties for you could pay like twenty bucks and get in the weird ball and spin all around. Oh yeah, yeah. There's one of those on here. So I never was so able to like do fun. that because yeah, as no. a chubby kid, yeah. I might have been able to do it, but I was scared of having to do the walk of shame and getting up there and not being able to do anything like that. Yeah, I once made them stop a what's the teacup ride, but like faster. Uh, I don't know. Tilt tilt a whirl. Tilt a whirl. Tilt a whirl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I once had to make them stop a tilt a whirl because I was going to throw up. <laughs> All right, and then uh, what's the what's the other part of our double bill there? We also have our first sequel, Lawnmower Man Two, Job's War. Uh, this one also has like a weird circle but there's a seat in it like like it's a, a like those baby things that you hang from the doorway and they just bounce around it oh yeah, yeah. it looks like that but then there's the exact same shot at the bottom <laughs> i'm glad that, that is on both that. dvds it's the exact same thing it is identical it is literally the exact same image like i scrutinized that thing to see if maybe if it was tweaked a little no it is the exact same image on the bottom of that which is incredible because that character isn't even the character is but that actor isn't even in the sequel <laughs> so not to give away too much already but that doesn't even make sense from the beginning the actor that is on the cover of the dvd isn't even in the sequel. Perfect. Sounds um, perfect. I you, can't wait. All right. So you also have an extra homework assignment for Ooh. this. Okay. This is this is important because this gets into more of the remake territory of our podcast. Okay. On YouTube, mm-hmm. search for the Lawnmower Man short. There is a twelve-minute film called The Lawnmower Man. Mm-hmm. The Lawnmower Man was originally a Stephen King short. Okay. That sh- I'm sorry, it was a Stephen King short story. Mm-hmm. The short that you will find on YouTube that's about 12 minutes long is a pretty faithful adaptation of that Stephen King short story. Okay. So you actually have three things to watch for next week, everybody, right. including you, Justin. So yes. you've got Lawnmower Man, Lawnmower Man 2, Job's Job. War, and the Lawnmower Man, the short film on YouTube, which you can watch for free. So you have those three things. So we have everything here. We sort of have a a remake. You have interpretations, two different interpretations of a book, and you have a sequel. So I don't know what else you could ask for. Yeah, it's going to be a great sequel. So, I'm, right. I'm excited. I'm pretty excited about it too. So uh, you got anything else there? Nope. Okay. Bloody nipple.